good to be here tonight. I'm glad I can say I'm converted and sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, so I can enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit. This has uh, been an exceptional camp meeting so far. I guess we're kind of at the halfway point now, but uh, I've learned so much from the preaching of the Word. I've been blessed by, inspired by the songs that have been sung. I just learned so much from the young people's meetings, and um, I know that the children are learning about the kingdom of God and how we're all part of the body of Christ each morning, and that's uh, something that the children can learn. It's something we can all learn more about the body of Christ. Like the song says, I want to know more about Jesus. I want to know more about my Lord. So we can all learn more about how to work well together. When the Spirit moves and His presence is here, we can learn in the Spirit. And um, I've just been taking mental notes of all, all the sermons that have come so far. They've been a blessing, and they've all intertwined together. Uh, we can't make mention of all the things that have been said so far, but I, I've, I've just uh, taken note, taken them all to heart. We've heard a message on Elijah the prophet, all the great miracles that yes. he was yeah. able to, uh, to perform. And uh, it seemed like as you preach on those prophets in the Old Testament, they begin to point you to Christ. Yes. We heard a message on the book of Revelation, how there the brother read in the 11th chapter of Revelation, how those two great witnesses there yeah. um, are representative of the law and the prophets. And there they spoke, spoke specifically about uh, Moses and Elijah, those two great witnesses. And uh, then you can read in the book of John where it talks about in the 16th chapter and the 16th verse that the law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it and it points us back to Christ. Amen. We heard a message about faith. You know, the Bible says there, I believe it's in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, that without faith it's impossible to please God. For you must first believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And as we have faith, it points us back to Christ. Brother uh, Thomas talked to us about his focus lately has been Jesus, 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 the sweetest name I know. Um, the sister uh, Janet talked to us about consecration and how uh, the Lord just uh, gave up His own will and said, Not my will, but Thine be done. And it points us back to Christ. And as we preach and teach and so many different subjects that we could talk about, so many different things that we could learn about, but as the more we study these things, the more we read in the Old Testament, the more we read in the New Testament, the more we uh, learn about these things, they all just point back to Jesus Christ and that everything was fulfilled in Him. And it says, and after they had uh, fulfilled all that was written of Him, they took Him down from the tree. And then they laid Him in a sepulcher. But that was in the end of the story. It says, but God raised Jesus from the dead. And through Him we have victory through that resurrection power. And He leads us to the kingdom of God. It seems like there were so many parables that Jesus taught concerning the kingdom of God. But yet today, as I look around at society and today's, many of today's preachers and many of today's ideas, I see that there is mass confusion on the idea and the concept of the kingdom of God. People don't know when the kingdom of God is coming. They don't know when it will be set up. They don't understand what Christ came to set up. And it seems like the Scriptures are so plain. And so we have to say tonight, let God be true and let His Word be true, even if it makes every man a liar. You say, well, what if, um, you know, you're you're teaching something that's different than what most modern churches teach today? Uh, How could, could, oh, so many people be so wrong and so many ideas be so wrong? Well, I can't figure out all those things, but I do know that I have to read what I read in the Word and I have to understand what I understand in the Word and then I have to be accountable to what the Spirit of God teaches to me and then preach that which we have learned and seen. So let's 
let God be true tonight. Even if it makes every man a liar, it's still truth. It still stands. And the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. And so the kingdom of God, it points us all to those things. So the law and the prophets, they were till John. We're not looking for a future kingdom to be set up, but it says that the law and the prophets, those two great ways that God worked in the Old Covenant, they were until John the Baptist. But since then, the message has changed. And so if you're preaching that waiting for a future kingdom to be set up, waiting for something else to come in the future, you didn't understand what the Scripture said there. The law and the prophets were till John. Since then, the message has changed. It's a different message. It's not the law and the prophets, but it was fulfilled in Christ. Since then, the kingdom of God is preached. And from that day till this day, we're still preaching a present kingdom of God. Amen. It's the kingdom of peace. The songwriter wrote, it's reigning within. It shall ever increase in our soul. Amen. There are so many scriptures uh, to tie into that. I want to read some of those tonight and talk about the kingdom of God. It is a present reality in our heart. It is reigning within. And uh, to clear up any confusion. You may have heard many different things in your life. You may have heard radio and TV preachers talk about that there's going to come a uh, setup of a someday over in Jerusalem and God would come and establish His kingdom and He would bring in the Jewish people from every nation across the world and they would come up and set up a kingdom. And there's, it's okay to have different ideas and opinions of things, but we need to know what the Scriptures teach. Amen. Because the Scriptures are the authority. If some preacher says something, it has to line up with the Scriptures. If we say something from a pulpit, it has to line up with the Scriptures. The Scriptures are the authority. God works in this new covenant. He said there was three that bear witness in heaven. It was the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. There are three that bear witness in the earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. They point us to Christ. And so the Scriptures are the authority. God's Word was the authority. John told us in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if it doesn't say in the Word, then we can utterly reject it. No matter how many people follow the concept or the idea, we can reject it. But if it's in the Word, we can receive it into our heart. So the Scriptures are the authority. Amen. The only religion that we can see in the Scriptures that is ordained of God is holiness. Holiness. Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Brother Tommy Davis in his sermon, he said, you can look in the first chapter of Ephesians and you can find that before the foundation of the world, it says that God had called us to holiness. And to, he set up a separate people even in the Old Testament. He called them to sanctify themselves a fast and set up time for Him and to honor the Sabbath. He still called for a holy people and He still calls for a holy people today. Yes, Amen. And so the religion of God is holiness. People can preach religions about you can live in sin and still make it to a home in heaven. But unless we find that in the Scriptures, we can't receive that. We can only receive those things that we find and see in the Scriptures. And it's the very Word of God that will judge us when we stand before God. And so we better be aligned with the Scriptures and not according to false prophets, false teachers. There's many people that have very good intentions. They have very good intentions when they teach what they do. But if it's not aligned with the Scriptures, you can still reject it, even if it's a good intention, if it's not in the Word of God. But we can receive the good things that the Word of God has for us. I have no desire ever to offend anybody, to hurt anybody, to upset anybody. It's just not in my nature. But I do know that I have to preach and teach those things that God has shown us. And we preach the truth in love, with a love for people's soul. And when you do that, sometimes uh, even you preach the truth in love and present it, and that's what Christ did. All He did is came and say, I've come to seek and save that which is lost. They, uh, they crucified Him and nailed Him to a tree. 
But whatever are the results from the word, we just plant the seed. And the seed falls on various ground. It can fall by the wayside. It can fall on different ground. You decide what ground uh, you have tonight when you receive the word. You can get uh, upset when you hear the word of God. You can walk out of this building tonight when you hear the word of God. Or you can come receive and you'll bear fruit some tenfold, twentyfold, a hundredfold. But God will bless your life if you will receive it into your heart. You control how you receive it. I can't change the message. The message is the same and it's never changed. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. That's the message. So we read from Hebrews, the first chapter, God who in sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the world who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power. When He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as He hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. What is that name? Lord Thomas preached about it. Jesus, 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 the sweetest name I know. And says that he has obtained a more excellent name than they. His name was exalted far above principalities and powers and dominions that at the name of Jesus we might be saved. It says, For unto which of the angels say at any time, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. And again I will be unto him a father, and he shall be unto me a son. And again when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels he said, Who make his angels, spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever, and the scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. What, what is this eternal kingdom that he was talking about that would, will last forever and forever? Well, we have to go back to Daniel and see that it wasn't just at the time of John that the kingdom of God was being preached. We can go back to Daniel. You can go back uh, to even the first prophecy in Genesis that prophesied of the kingdom of God. But in Daniel, we can find out that the king Nebuchadnezzar, he dreamed a dream. And uh, it was very significant concerning the kingdom of God. But this is a difficult situation that he put uh, those prophets in Babylon in and those that were able to tell the dreams. He said, not only do I want you to interpret the dream, but I'm not going to even tell you what the dream is. Yeah, that's a hard and so they, they began to argue with him and say, well, this is a, nobody can do this. This is a difficult saying. And uh, they became frustrated by what they said. He said, well, unless you tell me what I dreamed, because he couldn't remember it all clearly, and then tell me the interpretation, there would be great consequences. But, but there was a man named uh, Daniel. And he, God began to reveal things to him. And show him in the spirit, in the night, in a vision, uh, not only the dream, but the interpretation of the vision. And you know, God's people can do things that the world can't understand or see because it is by God's power and spirit. So well, how can a man live free from sin? It is through God's spirit. We are partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. So Daniel was able to receive this vision. And he saw that there was a man there. And he, uh, this man, this vision of this figure, had on a suit of armor. But the armor was made out of different materials. And uh, we had a suit of armor here. And uh, we had a, a gold helmet. That's where the well, that's where it starts. So we'd, like we put this gold helmet on Brian. That would be the beginning of the suit of armor. And then it said that the breastplate and arms were of silver. So we have gold, silver, and then his thighs had brass. 
and on his feet there was iron and clay. And this was divided into four parts. And so there's this great figure. It seems like this uh, foe that cannot be conquered. He's got a helmet of gold. Uh, you know, the silver here on the arms, the breastplate, brass here, and then, then the iron and the clay on the feet. And he said, can you interpret this? And he knew that these were great kingdoms that were going to be set up and to follow after the Babylonian kingdom. Now the Babylonian kingdom thought they would last forever. They were like the gold, hel- the gold helmet there. And they thought they were the head of all things. And, but yet, then came the Medes and the Persians representing that two pieces there, silver uh, there on the arm and then the breastplate. And then came uh, the Greek Empire after that, represented by that third uh, component of this ar- armor of brass. But then came the Roman Empire that was of iron, and seemed like an unbreakable uh, uh, iron. And God was going to do something in the fourth, uh, during that fourth kingdom. And that, that was the time when the Messiah was born. And that's time it said he came as a root out of dry ground when they thought all hope was lost. And it said something else, that this great figure that no one else could conquer, because when Christ came, all the ideas of all those kingdoms before it were a part of the Roman Empire. They're represented by the feet of clay and iron. And so they had ideas from the Babylonian kingdom. They had ideas from the Medes and the Persians. They had the Greek gods of mythology and then the Roman gods. And you say, what could conquer all these ideas? But then a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and it began to roll down the mountain of God. That old Mount Sinai where he gave God's law and it said there's thunders and earthquakes and great hell. And it said it didn't knock him at the head. It said, if you ever learned in football how to knock somebody down that's running this really big, you don't hit them at the head. I said, you, you, you take, no matter how big they are, you hit them in the legs, they're going to fall. And so when he did, he knocked down that figure and that whole figure began to crumble. All the concepts of Babylon, they threw them away. All those concepts of Egypt, all the concepts of Greek mythology and Roman mythology. And Peter stood up in the power of the Spirit and said, it's at the name of Jesus and Jesus alone that we must be saved. Amen. Amen. And the days of those kingdoms, the fourth kingdom, the God of heaven would set up a kingdom that would never be destroyed. It's not something that's coming in the future. It's God has already set it up. The kingdom, that's right. The kingdom of heaven is within you. And Jesus, when, he, when he, uh, there in the 24th chapter of Matthew, these disciples took him by the temple and said, What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? He told them, he said, Some of you shall not taste death till you see the kingdom come in power. Apostle Paul said, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, it's not physical things that you see, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. This was the kingdom of God. All these things that Jesus taught, taught them of a present kingdom, a kingdom of peace that was reigning within. He taught them, don't say, well, low here or low there. Don't look for Jesus over there in Jerusalem now. Don't look for him in the, in, in the physical form. Uh, in, if people say low there or low, he's there, he's there. Don't go there. He said, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And so he taught them plainly and clearly, and that's the same message we're teaching today. Amen. Those things that we see in the scripture, those we teach. I can't control who believes it or who doesn't. I, I, I have no control uh, over what preachers today will preach. But we know that this is the truth that we see in God's word. The more you read about the kingdom of God, you, more, you see that it is a present reality that's reigning within the hearts of men when they get sanctified by the power of the Holy, Holy Ghost. Ghost. Amen. So we go back here to Zechariah. 
And it says here, the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that waketh out of his sleep. And he said unto me, what seest thou? And I said, I've looked and behold a candlestick, all of gold, with a bowl at the top of it and seven lamps thereon, which are upon seven, seven pipes to the seven lamps, excuse me, which are on top thereof, and two olive trees. And so there was another important revelation here. Here we have this gold candlestick, this vision that was given to Zechariah, who he apparently couldn't understand. Um, and this vision there, it said that there was a, a golden candlestick. And there was a bowl, but then from that bowl came seven pipes that went to seven lamps. Now you can see, as you read in the Revelation letter, that God's Spirit worked in the seven churches. And He began to uh, empower the disciples to go out and preach the gospel, to set up new churches. But He told them that it would only by, be by the power of the Holy Ghost that they would be able to do these things. And that ties into what Jesus taught them, to what the angel began to prophesy and to teach Zechariah of who they should rely on when coming to do the work of the Lord. And so it says these are the and there's two olive trees. Now this is very important. The two olive trees. So the, there's olive tree to the left, olive tree to the right, and the, and directly at the end of the chapter it says the golden pipes from the olive tree were what fed this golden uh, lamp. And we know that in the Old Testament and, and still till today, people use olive trees mainly for the purpose of deriving olive oil. And we see that oil was a representative in the Old Testament of the Holy Spirit. And so this uh, power that lit up these lamps did not come from man. But it, these olive trees were represented that came from God. And as God continually infused the church with these two golden pipes that went up to this bowl that led up to the seven lamps, that if we trust in God and the power of His Spirit, He will continually infuse our churches and our people with great power. But if you separate yourself from the olive trees... And for the two witnesses that was preached about. And from the things which God has done. You will find that your light soon and your lamp soon goes out. So we need to be a part of what God is doing through His church. He wants unity. He wants us working together. He wants us to feel the presence of the Spirit and respond to those things. And so the two olive trees buy it. This was showing that God will by supernatural powers lighten His church. And it says on the right side of the bowl and on the left side thereof. It says, So answered I spake to the angel and talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? And that's the same thing I would have said if the angel gave me that vision, because it was not easily to be interpreted. And it says, Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And he said, No, my Lord. And then he answered and spake unto me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It says that not by might... Not by our power, not by anything we can do. It says, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. If we want to see the great moving of the Spirit, we get connected to the olive trees, representative of God's Spirit. And it won't be by our strength, it won't be by our might, but it will be by the mighty and divine power of God that He builds up His church. He said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We can read over in the 17th chapter of Matthew as, uh, as Christ there begins uh, at the Mount of Transfiguration to as the disciples there began to see the fulfillment of the kingdom of God. It was so it was at hand. It was near. It was so close. Yes. Uh, yet uh, the apostle Peter at that time he was not yes. sanctified. And at this Mount of Transfiguration he began uh, to see things a little bit differently than what God would have had him to see. 
But if had he been sanctified, he would have seen the fulfillment of all his scriptures. Because right after he was sanctified, he began to quote the prophet Joel. And he said that this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It's not in the future anymore, but the kingdom of God has come as a present reality. And so here we see in the 17th chapter of Matthew, beginning to read in the first verse, and it says, And and after six days Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them to a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto him... Well, who do you think it would be? <laughs> There's two, those two great witnesses, the law and the prophets, were yeah. until John. Yeah. There in the 11th chapter of Revelation, it says, it likens them unto, as represented by Moses and Elijah. Now, it could have been anyone at this point. It could have been faithful Abraham or perhaps Noah. But there was two great things that were working. These two great olive trees. These two great things that were working in the Old Covenant to bring us to Christ. And so they, they probably had no idea who was going to visit with them. But it says that there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah. Just two that he needed to meet with at that time. And oh, if we could have heard the discussion that they were talking about. The things they may have addressed with the Lord. And I can see Peter just standing back in awe. I'm with Jesus. I, I see Moses. I see Elijah. And he got all excited and began to, began to speak here. It says, Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Now that was a good statement. If he had just stopped there, he would have done really well. Then he said... And his boldness and enthusiasm and his lack of discernment and lack of understanding. Here he said, if thou wilt, let's make three tabernacles. This has got to be what the Lord is getting ready to fulfill everything. And these three tabernacles, it's got to be Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. And he was so sincere. And he so believed what he was saying. And he, he was enthusiastic. But here he was enthusiastically wrong. It says that there are three tabernacles. One, one for thee. One for Moses and one for Elias. And if you've ever seen, uh, this is where God interrupted somebody. It says, while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice came from the cloud which said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. And that's what we're still preaching today. There's so many ideas, so many thoughts. But this is the beloved son, Jesus Christ. And we can listen to him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. And uh, this is my prayer for the church. This is my prayer for our growth in the Spirit as we get ready to move forward for God, that we would see Jesus only. Only He can satisfy. It's about time for us to go into prayer. We know that there are those that need to seek the Lord. There is... One, I believe, is going to pray for sanctification tonight. We'll pray that God's Spirit would move. And that whatever need that do you have, that God can fill it. He, Jesus, we point you to Jesus. It's not any sufficiency of, our, of ourselves, but the sufficiency is of Christ. And, and the Word of God tells us if we even lift up Christ, that all men would be drawn unto Him. And so we're looking to point you to Jesus tonight as we stand and have a song of invitation. <laughs>